0: Hey Sam.
1: Hey Julia.
0: Who are we talking to today?
1: We are talking to uh, writer and performer Grace McLean.
0: How do you like them apples?
1: <laughs> we hope you like them very much, and if you do like our our interview,
0: would apples? you mind
1: rating and reviewing us in the iTunes store?
0: Oh man, that would be so nice. Enjoy. Enjoy.
1: So you're in rehearsal for Alice by Heart. Alice by Heart, yeah. I'm kind of curious. I mean, I guess we've talked to people in rehearsals for things before, but, like, I guess what I'm always curious about is, like, what are you thinking about as you're rehearsing?
2: I am, well, in this rehearsal process, as I said, it's it's so physical. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of it, and that's, uh, as I've been putting it, the language of the body is not my first language, but I feel like when I get a move, I'll get it. It'll be great and fine. But the leap between not knowing it and knowing it feels like such a vast chasm. Yeah. <laughs> um, And it's so scary to like wander and flounder in that not knowing space for a little while. So that's been something that I've really had to sit with in this particular process.
1: Do you feel like it's like, you're translating another language into your own language Yes, and it's like are like when you're talking like uh, i'm excited to see the show and see what all of this movement means oh, yeah. but like i'm thinking of uh, i had an experience working with julia on loneliest girl where like the choreographer was like leading the rehearsal and i uh-huh, was just sort uh-huh. of like couldn't get into my brain like how the movements were like had anything to do with my character, mm. and it took me a while to go home to be like, oh yeah, this is why my character is doing this, and then I w- I sort of like turned it into, like acting language.
2: Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm finding I'm having to do the same the same thing, especially because sometimes there are, man, there's things are are like choreographed down to the eighth note. Wow. And we hold, and there's an accent, <laughs> <laughs> and it's really cool when it all works. Yeah. Wow. Um, But there are some things that are like I find that sometimes it's it's like putting together the words and the movement can be like I like I can't act it (laughs) like that can't be the thing I do first. I first have to be like, what are the moves? Right. Okay, now what are the words now? Why these moves with these words? Right. And if I can like map the story of the movement and somehow, and like mnemonically connect them to the nerds. The <laughs> 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 Good evening. All of the nerds. Connecting the nerds. Why we all connecting. do what we do? Oh my gosh! Connecting to the nerds. That's the title of this episode. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, yeah. Then, then uh, that's really helpful. I, I was going to say because sometimes, sometimes the movements like really do make sense with. I'm doing some movement here I know, with I the things I that we're you. saying. <laughs> Come to the MCC and you'll <laughs> see it you um, But then when they, when it feels like I don't know what that connection is, it's, it's a harder leap yeah. for sure.
1: Do you feel comfortable like asking those questions? Like w- what I is, I will
2: say um, s- sometimes there was, there's one number that's I'm doing some of the moves again. That's uh, <laughs> like we're, we're birds. And so there are these like bird movements that we do and they're all like very punctuated um, and we weren't quite getting them, but then we started to have a conversation about why are we doing this move here, and the choreographers and the director were like, oh, it's because you're frustrated, we were like, oh, great, and then we did it again, and it all made so much sense, yeah. Yeah. and I think that there's something about when you are a mover, I mean, I watch these guys, and when they, the, the Cooperman brothers are these amazing um, choreographers, when they do their movements, it's, so full, and there's a s- uh, there's a whole story going on and when when we put it on it or when I do anyway, I feel like I'm putting on a foreign suit, and I have to find out a way to get comfortable in it because uh-huh. I don't know yet what all of those intentions are, but they clearly do, yeah, and that's the thing that we're all learning to talk about, yeah, that translation of intention
0: yeah, that's so interesting too that like do you think that they think that, like, you know, the frustration component or whatever is so obvious that they don't even need to say it? Or do you think... You know, I think maybe
2: sometimes. Here? And th- there was another moment we were talking about something else and they were like, there's this hat that we're doing these movements with and we first we just learned the moves and we we're doing them. And then a little ways in, they were like, when we were doing this in our... They had a choreography lab before we came in there. They were like, this was like a boulder and it's very heavy. And we're Like, oh, okay, so that's why you're doing these things. Huh. And that already, like, informed more how we were doing it as opposed to... There's something about, like, trying to just match the d- 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 movement yeah. and then putting on the feeling of a boulder or the feeling of frustration that b- makes the move totally come alive.
0: So interesting. And yeah. i thinking about what, like, the equivalent of that is musically because I feel like... I've definitely. This isn't quite the same, but you know, mm. if you're like working with a singer on a piece, and you know, there's a certain interval they're not getting, or something, mm-hmm. or something. If there's like a corollary to like being able to say, like, you know, this is like the apex, and that's why she's jumping up, and if that
2: absolutely. Because I
0: feel like I never do that when I'm working with a singer. I feel like mm. it probably be helpful.
2: Yeah, it might be. I mean, because as a a, p- a person who has been on the other side of those things as a writer too, like, yeah, I I can appreciate more and more the intention behind everything that you write and everything that yeah. you do. And sometimes as an actor, it does, it can feel like putting on a coat and trying to figure out how to live in that coat or that skin or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's the skin of the writer and the, s- the story that they're trying to tell.
0: What a and cool the m- image that people are walking around stage in your skin. <laughs>
1: <like
2: that>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. Cause like, you as the writer like understand where it's all coming from because it's coming from in in you and you you want to translate it onto these people onto these other bodies in order to tell the thing that's coming from you yeah and sometimes we on the other side as the actors like need help zipping that right it's easy
0: to think that like your way of thinking about it is so universal I always Mm. think about I I forget I've told the story before but like one of my earlier like l- musical lab experiences we was Gordon and I were working on Pregnancy Fact and we brought in this song that's all about like the joy of being pregnant and I thought I'd written this music that was just like obviously the musical expression of joy huh. and all our notes were about like why did you choose to make her sound so anxious <laughs> and it was so weird to me that like what I thought the sound of joy were other people's sound of anxiety wow
2: that's amazing
0: yeah
2: and the then skins. <laughs> My question back to you is, did you, like, take those notes and try to change it? Or did you try to work with what you had and, like, translate that?
0: Honestly, more the latter. <laughs> yeah. I think in some cases, I would have been more excited to just try something different. Mm. But for that one, and the spectrum of things you write, I don't know if you have this too, or some things, you know, you feel more and more or less like satisfied like you hit it on the mark mm. and that particular song i was like that's just how i want it to be yeah so do was you think
1: there's something yeah. about like the performance of that song huh. like l- maybe there was something lost in translation between what you wrote and how the performer d- i mean i'm i, yeah, don't I that w- that not familiar with this um performance that you're talking about it was but
0: me and gordon performing it so oh okay so <laughs> then maybe not like maybe me. not so much <laughs> yeah um well you know or totally because you know for me at least like performing on the piano it's like i don't really play so i'm sure at like a very literal level i put anxiety into like Uh, oh Oh, and was
1: gordon singing yeah okay sure (laughs) interesting how amazing um but yeah i mean like i'm interested in like in this as well because i think there's also sort of like um i i think there's a lot of a lot of people feel like the writer shouldn't step in and be like, well, this is what I meant there because mm. a lot of actors express that, like that can like limit their process of like creating a character. Interesting. But if it, if but if it's really just coming down to like that, like what was the intention and it, and it's like helping open up something that isn't quite working. Like yeah. I'm all for it. Yeah. But and I, I think s- on both sides, there's probably hesitation of whether or not they're allowed to ask sometimes. Mm.
2: Yeah, I mean, that because everybody has their own process and yeah. their own way in, and I think that it is, I think that there's there's like a balance, right, between finding what the words on the page mean to you as yeah. an actor, but I will say with this script in particular, it's so, and the lyrics, like, they're so poetic uh-huh. mm-hmm. that it's really helpful when Steven comes and is like, this is where this is coming from, and then all of a sudden you can hear all of us, like, click into it yeah. in a much better way. And and we just like, the meaning just comes across because we understand it. I mean, and the, it's, it, it is like very, very poetic. Um, and so a lot of our job is to just be like, where are the consonants in these words? You know what I mean? Like on like a yeah. technical, technical level. But it's an interesting thing to notice that as soon as we understand, even if we like think we know, but understand like, and hear him talk about where it's coming from, all of a sudden the consonants are there. <laughs>
0: Uh (laughs) Do you think that because it's sort of like well it's it's sort of like inspired by Alice in Wonderland, right? Yeah. Do you think that because it's so sort of like well-known material in that sense that there's more like that they felt more license to make it really poetic?
2: Um, I think so. Or is that just how? Yeah. No, I do think so because there's a lot of like absurdity Mm. in the show as well. Um, but it's all, it's like, it's, it's never for, for no reason. Mm. And so it's interesting to have these like silly sounding rhymes, but know that they're there and like the, the poetic setup is there for, uh, for a reason. I'm like,
0: I actually love that kind of art. Like it makes me think of David Lynch, Mm. how like, I feel like when you watch a good David Lynch movie, like you will see a scene and you won't even know, like, you know, totally what it means or why that's happening, but it feels very, like, organic and, like, of a complete world, mm, like, very yes. specific. And, yeah, like, yeah, there yeah. is a meaning there, even if you don't know what that meaning is. Totally.
2: I totally. I that kind of stuff. I agree with you, too, because it, it's a little bit like it's a language that you don't quite understand, but you can s- – there's something about, um, like, even seeing – I saw when I was in uh, – Amsterdam in 2005 when I was in college I went to see a play that I thought sounded interesting and I didn't realize it was in Dutch (laughs) Um, and I mostly didn't know what the hell was going on except for this one moment where I don't know if it was a real game or if they were just like playing a game but all of a sudden everything came alive and it didn't matter that I didn't understand the language because everybody was like so alive and listening to each other and on the same page Um, and then when it went back until it's just like text and talking heads I was like oh this is why (laughs)
0: <laughs> uh, you shouldn't do
2: that. <laughs> 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 um,
0: I hadn't realized that you'd done like so much traveling yeah. with theater. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sometimes with theater and sometimes with music
0: and sometimes yeah. with both. What are the ones I remembered? I think from your website was like Russia. Yeah. And oh, there was another Pakistan. Pakistan. Yeah. yeah. So a what what were those experiences? Uh-huh. And my follow up question is going to be like. Just what were those audiences like? Amazing.
2: Uh, amazing all around. So both of those trips to Russia and Pakistan were with the State Department. I have this acquaintance, this woman that I know who is a singer-songwriter. She's got a country band, but she's also involved in politics. I'm not entirely sh- sure exactly what she does, but she started like uh, working for a company that does this contract work with the State Department, and as I'm sure you know there's not a lot of funding in the U.S. for arts programming. But what there is is for these, like, international sort of artistic ambassadorships that are really freaking cool. And it's basically (laughs) for um, artists to go to various countries where there are generally, like, maybe some tentative, uh, tenuous political relationships um, for there just to be, like, artistic goodwill. Just oh. show up and like do some stuff so That's the first one that I went optimistic it's amazing I love that. it's like a really really beautiful thing and the people there at least the the people in in Pakistan and in Russia that I met are they uh, especially the Pakistanis were like so excited to see us and excited that we were there and it's really because like they know how they are as a country, like, perceived in the West. And they're Mm -hmm. like, thank you for being here so that you can, like, be with us and, like, go back and tell your friends that we're not scary terrorists. (laughs) (laughs) And, like, the majority of people are not. Everyone (laughs) I met was really (laughs) cool, and I met a lot of people. So the first time I went was with my band, Grace McLean and Them Apples, uh, on a a tour to three cities in in Pakistan, and we played a bunch of different shows for a bunch of different people. We played at a music festival with... um, Musicians from all over the country, from all the different regions, there are a bunch of different, I think that like the national language is is Urdu, but not everybody speaks Urdu, there's um, like people in the province of Sindh in the south, like some of them only speak Sindhi, and there are people who are like, you know, out in sort of rural areas, but all these different like folk musicians came, and folk music in Pakistan is funky
0: as hell! (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god! It was so cool! It was Um, so cool, I have no idea what... Pakistani folk music sounds like.
2: Um, I mean like it sounds a bit like Indian classical music. Like yeah. they're they're very close re- closely related. You know, Pakistan was a part of India right, until nineteen right. forty-seven. Um, sometime in the forties. And um, yeah, really interesting experience. Some people that I'm still friends with that I still talk to there's a there's a Pakistani guy called Areeb who helped put on the music festival that I went to and he travels over here sometimes with this oh, amazing singer this woman who doesn't speak any English but I'm obsessed with her and I think she's so cool and has one of the most amazing voices I've ever heard Sana Marvi um, like she came to see Great Comet Aww. and she didn't understand a word of English but she had a wonderful time <laughs> uh-huh. and I figured out how to write something in Urdu for it, to her on those little love notes and I wrote it and I left it for her and that That's was really so cool. fun Um, yeah. And then in Russia, that was, uh, February of last year. And I went again, this woman, Mary hooked me up with these people. There was this, um, this tour was already set to happen. This wasn't with my band, but I went as a singer. Um, but the, there was a male and female singer and the female singer. Oh, it got canceled for a minute. Do you remember? There was a time when like things were weird with Russia. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and like, Oh, something happened where I don't, a bunch of people from the, from the, embassy like the Russian embassy here in the U.S. were like you got to get out of here so in retaliation at the Russian embassy in Moscow they were like a third of your staff has got to get out of here including the woman who was like planning this tour so then it was off for a while but then she was rehired on as like a month-to-month basis and then it was back on but by that time the female singer had got another job so anyway I got plugged in a little bit at the last minute but it was so cool so it was me and this Venezuelan guy Miguel Angelo and we were the singers, and then there was a, let's see, a, uh, a one, a two, a three, a four, person, um, like Latin jazz band who traveled mm-hmm. with us, and those guys were great. And the whole it was called the um, the Songbook of the Americas, in which like uh-huh. I would sing some, um, you know, Golden Age songs uh-huh. and he would sing some golden age songs from South America right Wow. like uh, what what did they pick what were the
0: American golden age songs so
2: I sang somewhere of the rainbow I oh, wow. sang moon river I sang fever was in there somewhere in oh. like a medley <laughs> I did Hernando's hideaway oh, yeah. I did not make this. <laughs> I was not a part of making this um <laughs> set list but it was really fun uh, I sang Summertime. Mm. So it was all scored for a chamber orchestra, which was local to every town that we went to. Yeah, Um, and it was really cool. It was the dead of winter in Russia. You guys, it's cold. Did you (laughs) you have a cool fur hat? I did, and the first (laughs) town we went to, I got a cool fur hat. (laughs) Um, Interestingly enough, almost everybody that we met in Pakistan Book English so great so presumptuous of me to assume that English would be ubiquitous in Russia and huh. it is not huh. it is not at all huh. um, but I'm really proud of myself I like learned a little bit of Russian before I went I learned I taught myself how to read the Cyrillic alphabet Ooh. so I could read the words um, and figure out what things were I did give somebody directions once <gasps> in Moscow which was really exciting I mean <laughs> so all I said cool. was all I said was over there and I at first I was I said, I don't understand, and she just kept saying, oh, which is Red Square, (laughs) (laughs) and it was just down the street, and I was like, oh, 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 (laughs) Tom, Tom, which is there, and I was very excited (laughs) that a Russian asked me for directions, and I could give it to her. That's (laughs) awesome. Anyway, that was cool.
1: So what was it like in Russia with the language barrier?
2: Um, well, we the woman who had been fired and then rehired, she was with us every bit of the way. Gotcha. Um, and so she was like our translator. She was at every sound check, at every show. Mm. Oh my God! She had to translate about the lights and the sound and the things that we needed, and, to, and between our music director and the, the orchestra's music director, because oh, wow. very often, like, so you have to know a lot of like
0: industry-specific vocabulary to do all well. that.
2: I don't know what she was saying, but ultimately <laughs> things got done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, she's, I don't think she's an industry, like music specific mm. person, but she was a person that worked for the government who could translate for us. Fair who was enough. great and who put the whole tour together. That's cool. She was wonderful.
0: Wow. Mm. I always wonder about that. This isn't really like the same thing about audiences, but I remember when I was in college. For one I was, like, the tour manager for our improv group. And oh, my God. So I got to plan our spring tour, and I was really gunning for us to, like, go to London. And the half of the group was, like, no, like, the senses of humor are too different. Like, nobody would like our stuff in London, and we <laughs> planned it in Miami instead. Oh. <laughs> but I always just think about how, like, even in America, it's, like, I don't have a sense of really, like... Who is this person who's like sitting in a seat watching my show and what do they think? Oh my God. And how I have even less of a sense of that in like the completely other part of the I world. W-
2: I totally hear what you're saying, but I think that there's something, ab- m- music is like, you know, different than a sense of humor. True. We did have an evening. So the demographic was me, white girl, one, no, two other white guys, Venezuelan guy, Puerto Rican guy, Costa Rican guy, Cuban guy. And then we had Masha, our Russian lady, and then our one—oh, he was so excited and so proud of himself. This one conductor that we had, who um, spoke both English and Spanish fluently, so he could talk to nice. everybody. Um, and we sat around the dinner table one night, being like, "What do you? Th- what's a funny joke in your culture?" <laughs> and it was all in order for us to be like, "Yeah, no, it doesn't translate." <laughs> <laughs> it was a really fun, humorless. <laughs> <laughs> we're just trying to like deconstruct each culture's jokes and be like Mm-mm, that's just for you wow. do you remember it's not for any me. of the non-funny there was something about the cuban had a joke about um castro and rocks and eating rocks i don't know what it meant <laughs> i didn't understand it that's the only one i remember and we were like yeah you had to be there (laughs) (laughs) that's I I did
1: just see this thing on Netflix it's like comedy from around the world and it's like a compilation you know Netflix package of just like stand-up from like 12 different countries or something Mm -hmm. and I was sort of wondering like are these gonna be like are they they must be performing in their own language with subtitles I haven't yeah. watched any of them yet, but I but I didn't watch because of this very thing.
2: Well, did you hear about that uh that French comedian who's like I guess he's I don't know if he's the self-proclaimed like Jerry Seinfeld of France. Uh-huh. He's like a hugely famous dude uh-huh. in the French comedy scene. Like huge. And he's coming here to try to be a comic here uh-huh. and it's proving very difficult. There was huh. like a This American Life about it or, s- or something. Oh.
1: <laughs> I think I did hear about this. Yeah. yeah. And
2: he's, he had like a couple dates at Joe's pub. Right. And I think maybe he was like, his friends with Jerry Seinfeld and they were hanging out and they're talking about oh. this. And he's, he's trying to, to find like the American sense of humor because there's, there's only so much like, this is what it's like in France. And in translation, this doesn't really work. Like there's only so much of that you yeah. can do because that, doesn't feel quite personal enough. Right. uh, There's something about, like, American audiences, or maybe just, I don't know if it's just American audiences, but about, like, the level of vulnerability that people want you to reach. (laughs) Um, Yeah, that I feel like was maybe a new concept for him. Because a lot of his jokes in France, too, are like, I'm so famous, I can walk down the street. Uh, Cool. (laughs) But you can't really say that. (laughs) 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 Because he's not.
0: (laughs) Well, it's sort of. Like touches on with the humor thing. also, I feel like humor goes through such a translation when it's being set to music. And mm. I think something like I like about so many of your songs is like so many of your songs are very funny. And like, I don't know how consciously you think about, like, how is this thing? Like, I want to talk about this more to you, but like I'm thinking about some of even like the diary songs, oh, yeah, are so funny. Like, they'd be so funny reading it as a diary entry, and they're funny in a different way, Yeah, music lives. Yeah,
2: yeah. Well, I didn't do any of that stuff in Pakistan, and in fact, I self-censored a little bit oh, really? when I went over there. I mean, before I went, I was like, are you sure some of these... I know that they, they wanted to hire a female-fronted band, but I was like, have you listened to some of my lyrics? There's <laughs> some stuff about, like, sexual freedom in here that I am just going to say I feel is, like, maybe a little too much. Just for myself. So yeah. I, there were some like words I changed or just like set off the mic. Oh, that's interesting. Because <laughs> I was just like, they'll just listen to the music and not the words. And that'll be fine. That'll be fine. Um, but what was really funny, oh, was there was one gig that we had to do that we were like, oh, this is not going to be fun. They're not, this audience is not going to know what to do with us. I will say on these tours, like the only, the, uh, the crowds were amazing. Just like so with us, so like present and so just like grateful to be there with us. Mm. The only better crowd I've had was when I played at Rikers Island once.
1: Wow. <laughs> that was incredible. Was, was incredible that gig?
2: I'll tell you that in one minute. <laughs> but to finish this story, um, we had to go play the graduation party for a business school. We played a <laughs> lot of weird gigs. Um, and we were like, oh, they're going to be like, oh, play these... Top 40 songs We were like That's not what we do We're gonna play our set And these people Like Did their research on me And they were wow. requesting Deep <gasps> cuts They yeah. requested One of my Harry Potter <gasps> Songs Wow And I wouldn't play Because I was scared Oh really They uh, they wanted to They wanted to hear Snape Seeker <gasps> Which is my the first Harry Potter song That I ever wrote And it's about My love for Alan Rickman mm. And it's like Dirty <laughs> 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 And I was like I don't think that i can do that <laughs> <laughs> right now i was just like because th- because i had already been like self-censor 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 yeah. i wasn't about to <laughs> i just like yeah. wasn't in the headspace but that was pretty amazing I that they were like this so person much. is coming and we want these songs of hers that she wrote <laughs> wow that was coolest. cool that was really neat Aww.
0: i always in general do you like it? i mean do you, when people like request songs at like a show or something because i feel like you probably have like a set list and you can't yeah. deviate
2: yeah i'm like no <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna do my set list
0: because I have,
2: I need the structure, mm-hmm. and I need, there's, an, there's a planned out arc of the journey that I want to take you on.
0: Right, it's for the, it's for the audience's own good. Exactly.
2: Exactly. Just go along for the ride. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. It's, I mean, like, I didn't, I guess Julia did more research than I did, because I didn't know about any of this um, traveling stuff. But it's also, I mean, when I first encountered you in the world of theater, like, you sort of seemed like... Fully formed as this like person <laughs> who was like this big deal, <laughs> and maybe I was just like behind the times. But like to hear about all of this stuff sort of before that, and and like alongside it as you've gone along, like I'm just sort of curious, like like your own sense of ide- like cause, like I've encountered you as a theater performer. Uh-huh. I'm also familiar that you're a theater writer. And you also write music, yeah. not for theater. Mm-hmm. Like how, like how do those identities like contend in your brain, and are there other identities contending as well? Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean.
2: Yeah. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Or are they all like
1: very complementary? I think
2: I I think of them myself as a <laughs> as a complementary person. <laughs> I don't know. I I, uh, I have various interests and I want to p- I just want to pursue them all and th- all of these things have sort of like taken their own paths yeah. and you know like as a theater performer I was about to I don't know if you know this this story about me but um, in, at the end of 2012 I was like you know what I'm gonna leave this city oh. I'm not gonna be a performer it's not for me I'm not for it it's not working oh. out and uh, there are other things that I want to do. And I felt, like, very good about that decision. It felt was a little while be being like, are you sure you've been here for
1: 10 years?
2: <laughs> and then I was like, you know what? Maybe 10 years was it. It's uh, really hard. It makes me very anxious. Um, I don't know how to get in any doors. And the amount of effort I know it, it takes to do that just feels like it's maybe not for me. And, like, the, it makes me feel the anxiety that, it, that comes along with it and the not knowing, like I just need to find another way to survive. And there are other things that I'm interested in and I'm going to go do that. And then a month later I got cast in the great comet Right. and <laughs> my life literally changed. And I was like, well, maybe I can be a performer. <laughs> um, well, I'm, I'm really
1: curious about that because I f- feel currently very similarly to how you were feeling then, which yeah. is like, I've been doing this for a long time. I'm just not figuring out how to get through the right door yeah and I see how much work it takes and I see also like how it's not a straight line yeah. and also like it's not really something that it's just you doing it takes it takes a you know more more people involved yeah. right so like how like do, thinking back like do you know how that happened for you um
2: it feels a little bit like a fluke i mean when i got the the call for for the audition for this particular show i had the idea i mean i had the mindset of like oh i don't do this anymore but i loved that show so much and i was like you know what i love these people i'll go in i'll sing one of the songs that i I sing a song i wrote um and i'll just be in there just be like hey i really loved your show and with each subsequent call call callback (laughs) callback i still just had this attitude of like i'm not gonna i'm not gonna get this job but this is my last, like, this is my last hurrah. Uh-huh. Um, and then somehow I got it. And then I still didn't get an agent for like two years. <laughs> you know? That's
0: crazy. Yep.
2: <laughs>
1: yeah. Um, and. So you think it had something to do with that attitude of like, I don't need this anymore? Yep. Yeah.
2: I do. I, because for like the first time, maybe ever, I walked into a room and I didn't have the jitters. Yeah. I didn't have the feeling of like, oh, what are you going to think of me? And I have this job. I was just like, I'm not going to get this job, but I like this show and I like these people. Hi. Yeah. That was a really valuable lesson to learn and yeah. to like embody.
0: Do you feel like you can now like bring back that nonchalance now that you are still doing it?
2: Um, I, I really try to. Sometimes my jitters get the better of me, but if I, it's, it's a little bit of a psych out. And if I can psych myself out to be like, I don't, really need this and you know what it's it's actually like quite useful to have all these other things that I am like genuinely really interested in to be like I have other things that I could be doing Mm. I could do this job or I could do these other things but what I'm gonna do is like focus on this work right now and then bye that's uh you know that's uh the goal (laughs) is to have that attitude yeah but it that is something that I, I I I strive for yeah to bring that kind of like (laughs) <laughs> and I think everybody has to find it in, in a different way Yeah. but it's it is god it's so much about just like the confidence that you carry with you like knowing what you're doing and like being talented for sure yeah are important but also I feel like if you can walk in a room and just be like I'm confident I'll do this job right people can like smell that and be like they'll do it right <laughs> they'll yeah. do it don't worry about it
1: yeah <laughs> it's what's interesting to me is like I've gone through a period where like I was just sort of getting asked to do a lot of stuff, mostly mm-hmm. like readings and workshops and like, cause you know, there's no audition process. So it's just like, oh, yeah. I get asked to do it and that makes me, that, like gives me the confidence, God, you know, it does. <laughs> You're like, but hey, then, me? I can do this. but, but then when I'm asked to audition for something, I'm like, oh, they don't, they don't trust that I can do mm. it. So, so, so there isn't anyone who's mm. trusting that I can do it. You know what I mean?
2: But you got the audition. So they do.
1: Yeah, but so did 20 other people. I know, I know. (laughs) know (laughs) (laughs) But maybe I just need to forget about that. (laughs) Yeah, man. I know.
0: Um, I'm curious, in the multiverse that uh, the tragic thing happened and the the New York theater scene lost Grace McLean, where were you going to go? What were you going to
2: do? I was going to go back to school, and I still am interested in doing this, and I didn't know exactly what to name it at the time but I think I know what to name it now and it's speech and language pathology Ooh. Um, because I really am interested in the voice and all of its capabilities and I like I have a couple of different points of entry for the sort of woo-woo stuff that I like about it but I just also want like a solid um, uh, 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 not pathological What's that thing? Oh, pedagogical and sort of, like, scientific, anatomical mm-hmm. d- basis and, like, solid understanding in, in this, like, physical thing. And then, um, I mean, if there was a program that married those two things, that's what I want. So th- yeah. There isn't really, so I'm going to have to make it up for myself.
0: That's cool. Yeah. And you do now teach voice, among other things, right?
2: I do. I haven't been able to in a while just because I'm a little bit
0: overextended. I oh, Well, um, you're doing a couple things. Yeah.
2: Um but yeah, I do and I really like it.
0: It's such a mystery to me as someone who doesn't sing. You know, like I mean like I guess like can sing but like is not a singer. Yeah. It's so sometimes I think about like if I had a million extra free hours, you know, and if I was like really going to try to be a singer like how far could I get? You know what I mean? Mm. Like what would need to happen to make my voice into like a singing voice and I have no idea. Mm. That sounds like the kind of like secret things that Singing teachers, no.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it 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 is like learning another language. You know, it's like these people, these uh, people in, in, in my show, the choreographers, and I see the way that they move with their body, and it's like they've spent hours and hours and hours and hours understanding their body and the way to, to use it as an expressive instrument. And I haven't done that, m- uh, you know, the most of anybody, but I've, like, spent a lot of time exploring the nooks and crannies of the capabilities of the human voice yeah. and I l- like starting to translate that for other people because yeah. I think it's I think it's amazing <laughs> yeah. it's potential hmm. and not even necessarily just as like a thing that can sound pretty I don't care so much about that as about the um yeah potential for expression <clears throat> yeah
0: I love that I want to <sighs> loop back to this is totally selfish but literally to diary songs. oh yeah <laughs> as a fellow like <laughs> ardent diary keeper yeah. I did this thing when I went back to my childhood home last year and I have all these diaries and I took a picture of every page of all my diaries hundreds <gasps> and hundreds of them oh my god and because uh, I, I just was like them. yeah I just digitized Whoa. them and I was just reading them all and I was like oh a ball. you're so brave because <laughs> yeah it's horrifying I mean you say stuff and you're like that is so embarrassing, you know, over and over and over. But I had this sort of feeling. I was like, I sort of want to do, you know, it's such like an identity project. I was like, I want to do something with it. But then I got really stuck with sort of, you know, like being super narcissistic and navel gazing, and also even like the problem of looking back at your past self, Mm. sort of with like humor and love versus like shame and horror. Yeah. (laughs) So since I know that you've, you know, done that a little bit, I'm curious how you thought about it.
2: I don't remember how I first came to it. You know what? I I used to do a thing where sometimes, like, as segues between songs, I would just read little snippets of entries. Um, Because songwriting, like, is an extension of journaling (laughs) for me a little bit sometimes, where, you know, uh, both of those things tend, for me anyway, to be about, like, ah, there's this, like, itch there's this weird emotional or like spiritual itch and I'll work it out by trying to just like put some words to it. And sometimes that's in a journal and sometimes, and that like as I got older transformed into song and music and the poetry of all of that. (laughs) Um, And so because they were coming from the same place and because already like the writing of the song and then performing it, Is such a vulnerable thing. Yeah. I uh, will tend to be like, how can I poke fun at that a little bit to Mm -hmm. to make myself feel a little bit safer, to be like, this is vulnerable. I know that it is. (laughs) Isn't that funny that I also know that? (laughs) 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 A little bit of a defense mechanism, maybe. Mm -hmm. That I like upped the ante by being like, what's the real source of this? And it's back here in all of this text from when I was 10. Mm -hmm. We'll bring that to the table too, to be like, here, I'm sharing all of this with you. And I'm going to laugh at it, not to, like, shame it, but to just be like, this is real, and I know that you have that too, audience members. Yeah. Let's all be in this together. Like, it's a little bit of, like, a selfish way to build, make a community moment out of it.
0: What's (laughs) selfish about building a community? That's a lovely thing.
2: Yeah.
0: I've said it to (laughs) you before, but I love those songs so much. Thank
2: you. Thank you. I'm... I'm really excited about them. I've got three now. I've got, I think I'll maybe make a little album out of them. Oh, that I've would got be an idea amazing. for Please another one. That. Yeah. But I might, I might wait till I have like five. We make a proper EP. I love
0: that so much. Yeah.
2: The story of the journey of, there was a thought in my head that like that would turn into some kind of a show, but I'd have to, h- I'd have to find out what the through line <laughs> is for those things. Cause right now they're just sort of funny things <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. that exist But in it does
0: feel yeah, I mean, I would watch a whole evening of that for sure.
2: Yeah. I think there's something in there. We'll get there.
1: So, what is like wh- what is that distinction between your sort of like songwriting songs and mm. your like theater writing? Mm, like, do mm. you, is there a distinction between e- them in your head?
2: E- yes, yeah. The stuff that I'm writing, I mean, there's only there's only one piece that I've been working on for a long time. It's oh. the hardest thing I've ever done, writing musicals. So hard. Why do people do it? <laughs> it's so hard. Uh,
1: but it, they're um, so good when they're done. They're
2: so good <laughs> sometimes when they're done. Um, yeah. So I have had I've had to learn how to write for theater and to recognize that like when I write a song for my band, I have a whole arc that can happen in, in three to five minutes. Mm-hmm. But a song in a show, you know, has to work within a <laughs> a larger and it's just there's a different way of doing it and it's actually it's really forced me to get super specific about who's saying what when and why and how is it moving these things and I've I've learned so much by doing this and I've also written so much that's been thrown out
0: Uh oh I hate I'm so jealous of people who can do that oh it's so
2: hard (laughs) it's horrifying and it's it's so hard but I was talking to uh, a novelist a couple of months ago we were at a, an artist retreat together and he was saying he was talking about his writing process and being like we we'll have to get up in the morning and I have to write this many pages a day and you have to go into it feeling like these are the pages that are going to work. And this is the this is the storyline that I'm going to follow. And then the next day, you have to go back to that and be like, nope, none of that worked. <laughs> and that was really, really helpful for me to hear because I have rewritten this show. I mean, I've had the basic, like, I know these are the characters. I know these things have to happen. And this is, and some of these songs are going to be in it. <laughs> um, but the way in and through it has changed, like full draftily changed so many times and it's really hard (laughs) but I am grateful for all of that and I don't know if I would do it this way again but I've finally like I'm glad that I went through that in like a full hearted full bodied way so that I could then look at it and be like that's actually not the story I want to tell her that's not the way I want to tell this story but I had to like see it in front of me
1: first (laughs) you know do you think that was part of a a, like a learning curve for your first
2: I think maybe um and also with this show like um I knew that there was this woman this historical figure from the 12th century that I was interested in and that I wanted to write about but it's taken me a lot of I didn't know exactly what that was going to look like when I started and that was fine with me. I was like, you know what this is going to be? I'm going to throw a lot of stuff out. We're going to see what sticks. And it's going to be this like rrr, circling around and around and around around around, around 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 until we get it. I don't know if palimpsest is the right word, but it is my favorite word.
0: I don't know that word. You don't know that word?
2: So palimpsest. a palimpsest, yeah, it's like it's the residue left behind when you like erase something so if you like write something on the wall a a chalkboard and then you erase it but there's still something there it's like the ghost of a thing that was there
0: Uh it's a great word it's a wonderful word this is for vocabulary section yeah (laughs) (laughs) we noted that we have like a vocabulary section in many episodes amazing
2: (laughs) i'm so glad it's made it in (laughs) um but i i thought it would be a process of like here's a bunch of vomit. We'll clean it up. Some things will be left over. Here's some more vomit. We'll clean it up. Some things will be left over. And eventually the things that are left over will like pile on top of themselves. And that's what it is. Mm -hmm. And I think that that was because I went into the project, not knowing exactly the heart Mm. of what it was. And Mm. in all of these like rewrites, I've been finding out for myself, like it's, it's always been there what it is that I wanted to say, but I don't think I knew what it was or how to say it. Um, think i think now i found it and i feel pretty
0: good about that that is hugely satisfying yeah yeah are you gonna be in it
2: yes ma'am nice oh my god that's (laughs) gonna be
0: crazy that's gotta be hard sort of like seeing what you have while also being inside it and doing it it's very
2: hard it's very hard to split my brain in that way um one of the first readings we did i had someone else play part so that I could just hear it it's moved many 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 phases since then was
0: that weird too watching someone sort of like do you in that way
2: um it was actually really helpful to just like
0: hear hear it out loud Mm -hmm. and
2: you know I've done that I did I did that another time when I had a bunch of people who were not involved with the project come and just like read the script and someone else read um the part that I'm playing and I think I'm going to do that again at least one more time it's really useful to be able to step outside of it because sometimes when we're like doing rehearsals and workshops and things it's it's kind of hard for me to be like acting when I'm also being like that's not the right line you have to cut that um (laughs) the that timing's not right
1: it's weird yeah that sounds like crazy to balance yeah yeah
2: but I do believe that like once we get there we'll get there
1: yeah Um, so I I guess I'm curious like how has I mean and not in not necessarily just in pieces that you've written Mm. but like how has being a writer Mm. influenced your acting or has it or
2: oh um interesting
1: maybe the answer is it hasn't
2: (laughs) I do think that there is there's something about like being a knowing what it's like on both sides of the table, it takes a little bit of the, the pressure off as an actor, like as an individual, I have to remember that sometimes though, because when you're on on the other side of the table, you're not thinking like bad things about people. (laughs) You know what I mean? You're just like, what's working? What's not? How can I help this work as a whole? And when you're an actor, you're just thinking about yourself because that's all you are. You're like, how how can I deliver this better? How can I connect with this person? What's my track? What's my, what's my track? What's right. my emotional journey? And that's, and, and working on, on new work anyway, like it's useful. I think sometimes people to bring that up with the writer and be like, how do you see what this journey is for this person? How can you help me connect these dots? Cause I don't see it. And I, kn- I know that you do. Yeah. And if you don't like, can we have a conversation because I'm an actor and I have to do, I have to make these leaps. And if, maybe if there's a thing that I've thought about that you haven't thought about, we can talk about mm-hmm. it and that's nice, and I'll say that um as a writer too, it's really helpful for me to hear what's going on with my actors and what questions they have and how I can help them either by you know ex- talking it out and explaining it or rewriting something or changing something um, so it's just it's really just nice to be on both sides of that yeah. and to, and to recognize and have respect for both processes
1: yeah so sorry, just because <coughs> I think I missed something oh. so when you' <laughs> when you're saying it takes the pressure off as an actor. Mm. Like, so instead of thinking like, Oh, what am I doing? Am I doing it right? How am I telling the story? Like, what does that become then? You know what oh,
2: I mean? Oh, that becomes like, um, it's really like an ego thing. It's uh-huh. a little bit of like, I, it's not about
1: It's just like, me. I'm. I'm only one piece of this. I'm only one piece yeah. of this.
2: And I don't have to worry so much about, um, ruining it because i'm not going to
0: (laughs) why is that so hard as human nature i feel like especially the past couple of weeks i've been thinking about this all the time of sort of having to remind myself that things that happen in the world that i do or don't like are definitely not an extension of like this one tiny thing that i did they're just not (laughs) yeah caused by me which is so i don't know why that's so hard to believe
2: um i agree with you (laughs) but i think yeah that's The thing we all got to learn. I wonder where that comes from. Somebody's got to be doing some study on that.
0: (laughs) Why do mice think that they cause everything?
2: Right. (laughs) 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 Yeah. Uh, Because these are the only pair of eyes that we know. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's the only lens we have. But yeah, it's good to remember also that everybody in that room too is like anxious about something. But also that we're just trying to make a... Beautiful thing, and tell a beautiful story. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully, that's a nice thing to remember. Yeah. When you go to your job, Hmm. just trying to tell a story. Oh, it's a good job.
1: (laughs) I just to take it back a little bit. Like it's kind of crazy to me to hear you say that there was a period where you were like ready to be done because you just didn't feel like you had the constitution for the industry. Mm -hmm. Because like still
2: feel that way. (laughs) Well,
1: I mean, and so do I. (laughs) But like witnessing you, like. especially from like Natasha Pierre, just like with like full confidence out there. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like, um, like, do you feel like that? Well, you just said you still feel that way, but like, where does that confidence come from then?
2: Well, with that show, I did it for so long. It was like my grad school. I did the one thing, the one track for a long time, (laughs) you know, uh, A year in the tent, again at ART, and then another almost year on Broadway. And um, I was working with a lot of really good actors. Yeah. Learned a lot from them. Um, And I think that there was something about being able or having to do the one thing over and over and over again that forced me to figure out... I mean, sometimes I was not good in that show. Sometimes I went through some bad... I doubt it. No, no, no. (laughs) I definitely went through phases of like, I'm going to try this thing and I'm going to try this thing more and more and more and more. That's not working. I'm going to have to try this other thing. But I had to do it in front of people. And I had to chip away at... I did like really learn how to be a performer. Like I already knew how to be a performer, but I'd never there's there's something kind of nice about being able to sit in the one role and to find all of its nooks and crannies and then to let them change a little mm. bit like it's a small thing. but um yeah, where sometimes I'll, I would I would start out by making decisions about like this is this is the suit I'm gonna put on for this mm. character. and then eventually that suit, you know, it would start like a couple inches off me it was a little bit big and by the time it closed and by the time we were, you know, by the time it was at the Imperial, that suit was fitted yeah. to my body. Yeah. Because I had taken all that time to tailor it to myself. Yeah. Do you know what I mean?
1: Yeah. I love that metaphor. But yeah. so like, what did it, what did it look like? Like, what did, wh- <laughs> I don't know how to ask this. Mm-hmm. Like, what did your performances look like before that? You know what I mean? Like,
2: well, it was different a lot of the time. Like, there are moments where I'd be like, I know this is where I have to be angry, and here's this where this is coming from. But I didn't, maybe I didn't know like where to connect it to, or I was connecting it to a thing that was the wrong thing. Or um, I was, I, and this is a thing that I am still learning and how to do um, is when I like find a moment and think that I, and, or like a, a choice that I like. I will push it too hard uh-huh. <laughs> and push it too far. Yeah. And then it's not good anymore. Yeah. Huh. And it's just, this is, this is the whole thing of acting, right? It's like presence and, and honesty, but it sucks when you're like, ah, oh, that was the thing that worked. Yeah. How do I get that thing again? Yeah. <sighs> and then you won't get it for 50 more times. Right.
1: <laughs> right. And it'll be pushed and it'll Especially be too Especially if you're like trying to hold on to yes. it. Yes. Yeah.
2: And then you'll find out instead of trying to get the thing about like, what do I do to be present in this moment? And to let the moment happen. And that's the like, that's the little dance that's really hard. But getting to do the same thing hundreds of times, you get to be like, you get to know how to flip yeah. that little thing. Ugh.
1: And it also probably feels like less pressure on you to make every performance like the perfect one, because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. you know you have so many other chances. Yeah. Even though that audience is only seeing it that one time. Yeah. But as a performer and as like a, as a performer who's continuing to grow and learn, like it must be nice as opposed to like a reading where you have one performance or like a little show where you're performing for one or two weekends. Like, yeah.
2: Yeah. It's interesting doing this show right now because I, I haven't, I've done some like readings and workshops over the past year and a half, but I haven't done a a show, like Mm -hmm. a production it's comic closed and so it's going to be interesting to find out how to do this in front of an audience again with a new character because right now like we're all getting to know each other and I um it does feel a bit as it just inevitably will at this point in the process like we're playing for each other in Mm. the room and that's not going to translate to an mm -hmm. audience so we have to we'll have to find it again in front of people you know
0: I've heard actors talk about this, like, we're work, working on shows that are, you know, sort of, like, comedy heavy, especially. They're, yeah. like, you sort of, like, you start rehearsing and, like, you see what all the jokes are and those are funny. And then you're sort of tired of those. And then all the jokes that you like are these, like, weird niche yes. sideways oh things yeah. that nobody else gets or exactly. cares about.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And then you have to go back and remember that, like, people need to hear those, <laughs> those first ones that <laughs> right, are right. funny. And, you know, it doesn't get to transform in that way. <laughs> it doesn't <laughs> get to morph. That's not the show.
0: I feel like did people appreciate though, like like when you're saying like, oh, in comment, like some performances, I just like I made a really different choice. Like I that I would imagine that would make it feel so fresh for like people who are playing off you.
2: Yeah, I mean, I don't know if I ever made like hugely different choices. I think they would like get different by mm-hmm. centimeters and right. be like, try a little bit here, try a little bit here, try a little bit here. But it and it, nothing was like hugely different. Um, and sometimes the choice would be like. I'm just gonna think a different thought here. Huh. Yeah. And I would th- I would think about it throughout the day. I'd be like, Oh, what's something that happened? Oh, I'm gonna use that. I'm gonna think about this in this little moment. And that's what's gonna that's what's gonna make it fresh mm-hmm. for me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's really yeah. cool. Little secrets.
0: That's Can they totally change tax again? Yeah. You've probably like told a version of this story a gajillion times, but I don't think I know what it is. Mm. I associate you so much with like one of the first songs I saw you do, I think was natural disaster uh-huh. and with the looping pedal. Yeah. And I associate you so strongly with sort of just this ability to make this huge sound with you and this machine and I'm oh, curious how you. you got started with that.
2: So I first found out about what that was, um, from Tommy Smith, who's a playwright. I was at Williamstown with in 2007 and he was working with Reggie Watts and he showed me some videos of Reggie who does looping with that very device. And I was like, that's crazy. <laughs> I'd like to know about that. <laughs> and then a couple of years later, when I started to work on my Hildegard piece, there's something about it, was like, I feel like that might be an interesting thing to have around slash. What if I could have a band that's just me and I don't have to pay my <laughs> band all the time <laughs> when I'm a little too poor. I'm going to get one of those. So I g- just Googled what kind of looping station does Reggie Watts use and I got that kind. <laughs> and I just, I got it used, I think, and I just taught myself how to use it a lot of trial and error. Natural Disaster is the first song I wrote on it. And, um, I think yeah. you know this.
0: I tried to write a looping pedal song inspired by you. Oh. But before I had the looping pedal, <gasps> I was just like, well, what do I imagine this thing works like? And, oh, I wrote oh thing. Cool. and then I got into a room with like this foreign piece of equipment, which is like someone's some looping pedal. <laughs> and I was just sitting with the instructions and I could not figure <laughs> it out. And I ended up just having to do the song with recorded tracks. Cause yeah. I was just like, this does not work. Yeah. Yeah. But I think it's the coolest sound, Yay. the coolest like way of thinking about writing.
2: Yeah, it's definitely restrictive because it's a loop. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, it's uh I like having that restriction. Yeah. Cuz it forces you to see like how far can you push the boundaries and Yeah.
1: Well, and it I also know. sounds like really related to your interest in the voice mm. yeah. and mm-hmm. like For sure. finding every nook and cranny in like, not now you get to see, like, how your voice can relate to itself. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Hope it's on pitch.
2: <laughs> yeah, this is, that's one of the things. I would love to write a song for myself where the pitch doesn't matter. Grace, I don't know if I've had that thought before. That's what I'm doing. It's going to be weird. Maybe it won't be a song. <laughs> Maybe it'll be a soundscape.
0: Ooh, I'll be interested in that. We're working on, Gordon and I are working on this Corgamania show where about the Dancing Plague of 1518. And we know Oh yeah with, yeah. with Teddy Bergman. <gasps> <gasps> Wait, with what? With Teddy Bergman? No. No. Is this <laughs> I know that there exists a dance company that is completely independently working on something about that dancing play because I weirdly I was on a like a reading panel for a writer's group and I saw someone producing a sh- like a show that is the exact topic I'm writing. I was like, hmm.
2: Do you know Teddy Bergman? He's no. a Woodshed Collective, he's also an actor.
0: No, I don't know him at all. Anyway. Also making a show. Amazing. <laughs> we can run him in rap. It'll be like yes. the new
1: wild parties.
0: Right, right. Oh my God. <laughs> anyway, in our version, in our Dancing Plague show, yes. we've known for a while that we want sort of a song moment that's not musical. Cool. And so I've been thinking about like soundscape creation. For oh a my while. God. Duh. Mm. What that's amazing. Yeah.
2: <sighs> Something cool. Yeah. I hope Mouth so. sounds. Yeah. Body sounds. Banging on a truck. Prop sounds. Banging on a truck. <laughs>
1: That's what I'm I'm thinking of, hands on a hard body. I know you are. (laughs) (laughs) Saw it. It was incredible. It's very cool. Anyway.
0: Mm -hmm. (laughs) I feel like I have one more random miscellaneous burning question for Grace McLean, which is, having seen you with your band once or twice, I feel like you have, like, and, you know, you sort of talked about, like, this is the journey I'm taking you on in creating the arc. Mm -hmm. You have... Like, you're good with the audience. You have, like, a good sense of banter. And I'm curious how much of that sort of just comes naturally because you're a fun gal, and how much did you have to sort of think about and craft?
2: I do like to at least plan out when I'm going to talk and sort of what I'm going to say. It's usually not verbatim. Mm -hmm. But uh, the banter is usually a part of the set list. It's a loose part. And I'll think about, like, I want to tell this story here. I want to say this thing here. Um, yes, I will say th- that is very important to me. Because I have been to see m- m- a lot of live music. And live musicians are not good at banter. And it's hard. It, it turns me off. I like somebody who's going to, like, invite me in and tell me a little about about themselves and what's going on. And maybe not even about themselves, but, like... The banter feels to me like just as important as, yeah. the, as the music. And that's just my taste. So I do think about it specifically.
0: Yeah, well, yeah. I like it. I enjoy it.
2: Thank you. I'm doing it for you.
1: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that's all, Rob.